Hi, and welcome to another Daniel devotional podcast. I'm Steve Durr, and I'm going to be reading from Daniel chapter 8, starting in verse 1 and going to verse 14. Here it is. During the third year of Belshazzar's reign, I, Daniel, saw another vision, following the one that had already appeared to me. In this vision, I was at the fortress of Susa in the province of Elam, standing beside the Ulai River. As I looked up, I saw a ram with two long horns standing beside the river. One of the horns was longer than the other, even though it had grown later than the other one. The ram butted everything out of its way to the west, to the north, and to the south, and no one could stand against him or help his victims. He did as he pleased and became very great. While I was watching, suddenly a male goat appeared from the west, crossing the land so swiftly that it didn't even touch the ground. This goat, which had one very large horn between its eyes, headed toward the two-horned ram that I had seen standing beside the river, rushing at him in a rage. The goat charged furiously at the ram and struck him, breaking off both his horns. Now the ram was helpless, and the goat knocked him down and trampled him. No one could rescue the ram from the goat's power. The goat became very powerful, but at the height of his power, his large horn was broken off, and in the large horn's place grew four prominent horns pointing in the four directions of the earth. Then from one of the prominent horns came a small horn whose power grew very great. It extended toward the south and the east and toward the glorious land of Israel. Its power reached to the heavens where it attacked the heavenly army, throwing some of the heavenly beings and some of the stars to the ground and trampling them. It even challenged the commander of heaven's army by canceling the daily sacrifices offered to him and by destroying his temple. The army of heaven was restrained from responding to this rebellion. So the daily sacrifice was halted and truth was overthrown. The horn succeeded in everything it did. Then I heard two holy ones talking to each other. One of them asked, How long will the events of this vision last? How long will the rebellion that causes desecration stop the daily sacrifices? How long will the temple and heaven's army be trampled on? And the other replied, It will take 2,300 evenings and mornings. Then the temple will be made right again. All right, so that is some sort of vision and dream that Daniel had. And so, first of all, why in the world does this chapter, like the last chapter, chapter 7, begin with Belshazzar, the king? <laughs> he was the one who, in Daniel chapter 5, saw the writing on the wall and was removed from power and had Babylon, you know, taken over by the Medo-Persian Empire. But then, Darius the Mede becomes the leader of Babylon. And in Daniel chapter 6, we have the story of Darius and Daniel and Daniel having that sleepover with the lions. So we'd expect in Daniel chapter 7 to continue the story of Darius or whatever ruler comes next. But now in Daniel chapter 7, it, you know, it goes back in time to the first year of Belshazzar's reign, the ruler who had been removed. And we know Belshazzar reigned in place of his father for around 13 years, at least, until he was judged by God and killed with the whole writing on the wall fiasco. So Daniel has a dream and a vision in Daniel 7, and he writes it down. It's of different beasts, different kingdoms, different kings arising and falling. And now, as we read today in Daniel chapter 8, we hear that Daniel has this vision, and it takes place three years into Belshazzar's reign. Again, all before Darius. So it's about around a little over 10 years before Darius takes over, before the fall of Babylon. 
So it's, it's, it's at least 11 or more years before Daniel has a sleepover with the lions. So these two chapters in particular, these two dreams of and visions of beasts and animals and kingdoms all took place before Belshazzar was defeated, which we already heard about, before Daniel had to go into the lion's den, which we already heard about. And in both of those circumstances, Daniel revealed courage, conviction, hope, and a steadfast faithfulness to God. Now, we may get a hint now a little bit at why. God has revealed the hopeful truth that kings and kingdoms will come and go. But in the end, God and his kingdom is overall. God and his kingdom are behind it all. And God wins the day. It was a perspective that Daniel had in facing those difficult circumstances. He knew these things going into those hard circumstances. So it was a perspective that came through what dreams and visions from God. I want to share briefly about dreams and visions. We can't get into everything, <laughs> but I'd like to share a bit of some things that I've learned along the way and some things we see in scripture about dreams and visions. Visions, for example, they can all look different. It can be a glimpse or briefly kind of having a sense of an image in your mind, like a still image, you know, that kind of pops in your mind. It could be an internal kind of moving image that feels like a story uh, in a time of prayer. All of a sudden you get this picture and this moving pictures, almost like a little movie that's playing out. In scripture, there's also descriptions of visions like with your eyes open and you just seem to enter those moments and in those places like the Apostle Paul had of a vision of visiting heaven. Now, dreams, of course, though, are something we're more familiar with, right? And we feel a lot more comfortable talking about dreams because they can be wacky and we all have them. And I wonder what maybe some of your strangest dreams have been. Throughout the Bible, God uses dreams and visions as one way to communicate with his people and even those who, like Nebuchadnezzar earlier, who were not connected to God, who were not seen as believers or people that would typically have faith in God. But often the dream or the vision needs some sort of interpretation to understand what God's trying to reveal. Sometimes these dreams or visions are a warning, like Nebuchadnezzar's dream to warn him of his pride or what would happen, you know, he'd turn into an animal. Or the wise men who visited Jesus after his birth, they were warned not to go back to King Herod after their visit in a dream. Sometimes their you know, dreams and visions are for encouragement to offer perspective or hope, like Daniel in these dreams and visions we just read about today. Or like the Apostle Paul in Acts 18, when he was facing opposition, he's facing threats in the city of Corinth, God speaks to him in a dreamlike vision to faithfully continue to faithfully proclaim Jesus and not be afraid because God is working in the lives of many people. So that comforted and motivated Paul. Sometimes a dream or vision could be guidance, like Paul in Acts 16, wondering where he should go next and having a vision of someone from Macedonia asking him to come and help. It was where God's grace was moving, and so Paul went there. Joseph, the earthly dad of Jesus, had a dream or a vision in which he was given insight and guidance into who Jesus really was and how to participate in God's plan. Daniel seems to be having dreams and visions that relate to his circumstances now, but also into the future. There are all different kinds of ways God speaks to us, and dreams and visions are one way. And I believe that God still speaks in all different ways to us, and that he still speaks through dreams and visions. So, what have you been dreaming lately? <laughs> 
The challenge is what do we do with this, though, right? We don't have Daniel as a bestie on Facebook that we can message and get his take on a dream or an image that, you know, is impressed on us. But the same spirit that worked through God's people throughout Scripture uh, in Daniel's life, the same spirit that empowered Jesus and raised him from the dead lives in followers of Jesus. So the God who reveals something to us also can be the one to provide the interpretation, what it means to us directly. It could be through another person. It could be through prayer. It could be through scripture or some other means. So as we think about dreams and think about visions and thinks about God communicating to us, there's a few different things. First of all, there's revelation. What is said? What is being revealed? Then there's interpretation. Now, revelation can be wacky, right? I'm not talking about the book of Revelation. I'm talking about God sharing something with you, whether it's a dream or a picture or something of that line. It can just be confusing. It can be weird. If you just stay there and say, well, that's it, um, and don't move beyond that, we don't learn what it means. So interpretation is God unveiling what it means through a whole host of things and ways. Then there's application, what we do in response. The danger is if we go from revelation to application without interpretation. In other words, we get this dream, we get this sense from God, we read a little something and think, well, this is God sharing this with me, I'm gonna act on it. Well, is that really what it means? And it's important to do that interpretation and to uh, check it with scripture and everything. So today, my hope is that each of us will recognize that God desires to speak to you uh, through his word, the Bible, of course, through his people, through the world around us, through circumstances, but also through dreams and visions and impressions. I mean, we're reminded in Acts chapter 2, 17 and 18, quoting the, in, when it's quoting the prophet Joel, that in the time between Jesus' death and resurrection and the spirit coming uh, to fill the followers of Jesus and the return of Jesus, which is the time we're living in right now, this is the time referred to as the last days. And it is in this time that's declared that God's spirit will be poured out on all his people, that God's spirit lives in us right now, that men and women, old and young, regardless of class or position, will hear God's voice, see visions, and dream dreams. So do we believe God's word to be true? If so, we should expect that God's going to try to speak to us in all different ways, including dreams and visions. And it was this truth that, for me, I embraced and thought, okay, I'm going to actually believe the Bible here. <laughs> And it had me wondering, how do I connect with God in this way? And maybe you'd like to connect with God in this way. It just sounds interesting. Now, for me, uh, I began, the first thing I did is I began to ask God to speak to me through dreams and images while asleep, through prayer, through reading scripture. So this makes me more expectant and aware. First, I just asked God for it. Secondly, the next thing I did is, is I followed Daniel's practice in Daniel 7.1, where Daniel wakes up after a dream and he writes down the dream. If you have a dream that seems significant, weighty, um, meaningful, take a moment, write it down before you're fully awake or forgotten it. I've had a little journal with a pen next to my bed. So if I wake up and have some kind of a dream of some sort that catches my attention, I just lean over, uh, flip open the book where the pen is, and I can just jot down some notes to remember it because otherwise it will be gone later in the day. And then I asked God for an interpretation or more clarity on if this was just a wacky dream. Uh, is it just my subconscious working out something? Or is this really from God? God, could you real, reveal that to me? And then, but before just assuming it's just a natural process, I want to ask God, God, 
can you give me an interpretation? Can you can you reveal this to me? Is there something significant here for me? If there is some sort of insight or clarity that comes, I just ask if it jives with scripture, the Bible. Does it jive with God's character? And then I got to check my own motives, of course, to make sure I'm not just having it say something that I'd like it to say. Typically, the best part of this practice for me isn't always the message that you believe you may be getting from God or not. The best part is the idea that God wants to communicate with me, that God wants to spend time with me, that God wants to connect with me. So let me ask you, are you open to God speaking to you, like Daniel, even through dreams and visions? If so, what will be your next step? Let me pray. God, thanks so much for communicating to us. Thank you for caring about us enough to reveal yourself to us, to share with us, and use things like dreams and visions. God, we pray that your Holy Spirit would fill us afresh, that you would speak to us, get our attention, that you would reveal what those mean to us, the things that you share with us, and that we could put it into practice. And so today, whatever you're saying to us today, help us to live it out and find freedom and life with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great day.